summertime and the podcasting's easy. Easy. Yeah, your daddy's rich. <laughs> nope. And your mom's good. Well, yeah, that's true. Second part. First part, no. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Manitobaville podcast. All y'all, as they'd say down south where it's hot and sticky. So here we are. Manitoba's entering the second phase of the year, which is, I guess, spring. And the temperature is topping over 20s. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. A little warm. A little warmish without the breeze. A little breeze today. Well, when I'm recording anyway. Got the window open. So you might hear some motorcycle cracking. Or uh, one of those kids' cars with the, uh, was it resonating plastic that they like so much. <laughs> Such an annoying sound. It's such an annoying sound. It's not a Ferrari, kids. You don't sound like a Porsche. You do not sound like a Maserati. It's not working out for you. You sound more like, um, boy, an old John Deere D. Popping and banging away. And then you got the, the plastic on your cars is resonating away. And the ones with the boom, boom, boom. And their whole car is... <laughs> you can hear the bolts letting go as everything rattles on. <laughs> but they can't hear the subtlety of a bolt letting go because they're deafening themselves with that bass. Anyway, that's summer. But everybody's happier and it's all gooder. So here we are. It's a little slower pace. And uh, summertime, of course, coming up. We're all thinking about the cottage. I don't know if you've opened your cottage, or if you even have one. For some of us, the cottage is the front yard, and that's just real handy. Everybody else goes off to the suburbs around the lake, and some of us just wander out the front door and have a seat and dig the quiet. Just dig the quiet with the odd car going by. Oh, and the FedEx vans. Chewing up the roads. Just a banging up those potholes, making the road. Oh, there you go. Those are heavy trucks, and they just let them blow down all the streets. They got to get your parcel on time. If you don't get your Amazon order on time, something's got to give. Somebody's going to pay. Somebody's head's going to roll. And it's going to be one of these overworked, underpaid, stressed out, uh, whatever, X, UP. You know, the yellow guys. One of those guys is going to lose something very valuable to them. And right now that's their paycheck. Anyway, summertime. Time of potholes. Time of green, green grass and trees. All budding out. It's very nice. Mantle is wonderful this time of year. I just hope that it doesn't get up to plus 40 too soon because that's just too much. That's just too much. It's not normal. That's not normal. That's uh, climate change. I'll say it quietly so I don't turn off anybody. It's climate change. Okay. Here we are, going to the cottage, our own personal cottage. Uh, a number of years back, Jake McDonald, who, uh, Jake McDonald, the prolific, I'm not, well, maybe not prolific, but a really, really good writer, uh, journalist, and author of fiction and nonfiction. I got to talk to him before he did 
he was putting on the cottage down at MTC, Manitoba Theatre Centre in downtown Winnipeg. And I, I thought, what a great opportunity to meet Jake. And I had plans to talk to him again. Um, I wanted to talk to him a lot more, actually. But uh, Jake passed away. So I'm going to play this interview I did with Jake on the set down at MTC before the performances commenced. And I can tell you all the secret. The, the, the cottage rotated on the stage. It was, it was amazing. Beautiful set. You had the interior when it faced one way, and then when it, it would rotate to show the exterior rear side of the cottage for exterior scenes, it was something. It got its own applause every night, and that was spontaneous the first time it happened. It was amazing. So uh, here's a little chat, a little summertime chat for everybody, and uh, right here on Manitobaville. So enjoy your cottage, enjoy your summer, enjoy everything about it, because, uh, well, and then it'll be fall. It'll be beautiful in the fall. So beautiful. Okay. And if you're new to Manitoba, go outside and dig it. Because you've probably might have felt the winter. Now you can warm up your bones with a little summer sun as we tilt towards the sun, of course. And, uh, you know, after a long summer, we all like to relax back and the earth tilts away from the sun and gives us some reprieve. And we go into winter. But we shall not speak of that now. We shall go to the cottage with our friend, Jake McDonald. May his soul rest in peace. And I will see you at the end of the program. Oh, Houseboat Chronicles? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it was, I was quite taken by it. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was yeah. immersive and interesting. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, so... I it, did for many years what you're doing in podcasting, I was doing in print with magazines and uh, mostly magazines, but to some extent that memoir is journalism too. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, I'm yeah. the sort of the tour guide. It's, it's your own, it's you interviewing yourself? Yeah, I interviewed myself and all these uh, hooligans that I grew up with in Menaki yeah. and uh, in the small town northwestern Ontario. Yeah. And all the interesting characters. And, you know, if probably you find in your work, uh, if you want to do interesting journalism, you've got to go out where, where it's happening. A yeah. buddy of mine, an old friend of mine, told me years ago, he said, bad writing is a life problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not wanting to get out from behind your desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has a lot to do yeah. with perimeteritis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to find people in their in their natural element. Uh, there's a uh, a tendency in journalism today to do uh, what we call thumb suckers, mm-hmm. where somebody's sitting in a bathtub, you know, slow dripping the hot water and stroking their chin and thinking about what what should I write about today? That kind of thing, you know, yeah. because the magazines like it. Because it's cheap, mm-hmm. you get you know some authority yeah. on something or other. Oh, it's a thought piece. Yeah, it's a thought piece. You know, <laughs> yeah, whether the state actually, of Palestine or something like that, mind, and, yeah. and you listen to some windbag solves the world. Go problems. on for uh, <laughs> nine hundred words about something or other. Yeah, and uh, it's inexpensive, and um, 
you know, they get their name out there, so they're happy, and they can, you could pay them peanuts because they didn't have to go anywhere or do anything or mm-hmm. burn up any motel rooms or highway miles or anything like that. So this is a, a big trend in journalism today, and it's boring yeah. as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always gone the opposite way anyway. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's more go, arduous because you're swimming, on the road, yeah. swimming against the current, but it's, it's fulfilling. Sure. Yeah. It's fulfilling for the writer and for the reader because you're going somewhere where you normally wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's some people do like those thought pieces. Some magazines specialize in ideas, you know, magazines of ideas. But I like to be taken somewhere where I'm not yeah. able to go because I'm, you know, sitting behind a desk or something. Yeah, and I like to know, I, I like to know somebody's interesting or they're doing something interesting yeah. and then do zero research. Just yeah. go and find them. Go find them. Give yep. them the microphone and just yep. say, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. And th- three hours later, you know, because they've told you everything. Yeah. And, and it's no better way to find something out, I find. Yeah. And it's we're so lucky to do what we do because we can drop in and out of people's lives. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we don't have to stay there for 27 years and build up all the experience that they've had. You can you can kind of be a tourist in yeah. their life and get all the good stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And they like it when you come by because you're, you're sure. letting them tell the world what yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. People like words. to tell their life story, what they found out. And mm-hmm. uh, I've always been surprised at how you could show up and just say, I'm a writer. Nobody ever asks for your badge. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? yeah, there's no... <laughs> there is no badge. <laughs> there's no badge for writers. And uh, <laughs> nobody checks you out or anything else. They just say, okay. And they yeah. just sit down and they start to spill. So that's great. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I've yeah, met so, it really many, is, yeah. so many interesting people. Yeah. And I know there's you know, hundreds of thousands more out there. Oh yeah. Just waiting to, to yeah. be found. I don't know how much longer we're gonna be able to get paid for this, but uh oh, it's been a good run. Well I think that's, what's that's happening. That's the key I guess if yeah, you're if you're hoping to get paid. Yeah, if you hope to get then paid it's the wrong you hope to get door. paid because uh journalism is just gradually like everything else, like music and mm-hmm. Even, uh, you know, to some extent, uh, visual entertainment, people expect to be able to get it for free. Yeah. So, you know, when I was a kid, we'd go out and buy a record album. It was covered in cellophane, bring it home, mm-hmm. all excited, open it, smell it, yeah. you know, put it on the turntable, listen to the hiss as the song begins. You know, you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd work on your paper route for three days. It was, al- it was almost like a, a ceremony, a religious Absolutely, right. yeah. Just holding the thing in your hand and mm-hmm. walk into somebody's apartment. Oh man, look at your record collection. Yeah, you know what I ever love to break into this place. You know, yeah. eighty records. Look at this. So now music, which is like podcast, not podcasting. What do they call it? Um, it downloading, sp- Spotify, and, and downloading, yeah. streaming, yeah. streaming. Yeah, all yeah. that. So it'd be tough to be. Apparently, the only way you can make a musician now, make a living as a musician nowadays, is to go out on the road. Yeah, anything you can't download is what you take on the road and sell. Yeah. So you're, you're making the music let people know you exist and to come to the show. And yeah. then you sell T-shirts, yeah. key rings, hats. Yeah, you're in the Estevan Motor physicals, having CDs. that cheeseburger again and, uh, it's 11 yeah. in the morning and you got to do it again tonight. Yeah, nothing's really changed in music. It's just what you get paid for has changed. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Were you ever, ever a musician yourself? No, I was only enough of a musician to understand musicians better. <laughs> yeah. You have yeah. to be more sympathetic towards yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I didn't have the knack, the right hand, left hand coordination. No kidding. I find you know I've been typing mm-hmm. my entire life, pretty oh, much. Yeah, typing I can do. I, I yeah. not me. I still can't type. Oh a really? Sentence. Okay. Well, I learned so, to type in, in grade ten, I think. Yeah. Under, so uh, can you actually type a sentence without making a mistake? I could type. Yeah, yeah. Really? I had a quite paragraph? a high typing speed in high school. 
Really? And all through, because we had these keyboards for work. Yeah. I've been very, very good typist. So you can rip off a paragraph with no mistakes? Uh, if I practice. Unbelievable. Yeah. I know where the, the backspace button is. So uh, how, what, what is the key? Do you stare at the keyboard or do you? No, you have to learn it without looking at it. You have to, we learned in grade 10, we were still one foot in the old world. Yeah. And we learned starting on manual typewriters. Yeah. Pressing one key multiple times and then another adding another. Yeah. And the teacher going through it. And uh, Mrs. Falloon, actually. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she taught us how to type properly. Uh-huh. And then we would, when you could get up to a certain speed on manual typewriters, we moved over to the electric typewriters. Yeah. Just to learn the what was the high technology at the time. Yeah. And yeah, you could get a really high typing speed. Wow. And, uh, and well, it's, it's served me well my whole life. I've, I find, even now with keyboards on phones, yeah. I know where the keys are. So even if I'm just using one finger, really? I can type really that quickly. Well, maybe yeah. it's not too late for me. Maybe I can still try to pick up the... Well, you could, yeah. It just takes patience and diligence and, and learning yep. the right way. You know, I've gone to voice recognition. Yeah. Well, that's so on my phone, yeah. as much as possible, and even on my MacBook, voice recognition. Well, even sending text. I saw you, you know, you just now yeah. you sent a text and you just, because yeah. now you can dictate it. It's great. I can dictate it. Or yeah. I can, uh, even though the recognition's not perfect, it's better than mm -hmm. how I type. And people type differently than they talk. Yeah. So your message you leave with your voice is going to yeah. be you. Yeah. If you type it, you're going to yeah. sound like some yeah. British guy <laughs> with yeah, eloquent sure. words and words yeah. you wouldn't normally use. Yeah. So we're supposed to be interesting, right? I mean, this might be interesting to us, but I don't know if it's interesting. Everything's to interesting. interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as it's all not you, just me. All you typists out there, yeah. Yeah, no, learn to type. Learn yeah. to type. It, yeah. it, it comes up in the oddest places where knowing how to type helps. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'll give it a shot. So you, I'll, I'll get you a manual typewriter you can take out to your cottage. I started on a manual. I love yeah. my old underwood. It was a beauty. Yeah, do you still With have it? The throw, you know, it's, no. But, Did you uh, use it as a boat anchor? Those things have a key throw about, uh, what, an inch and a half on them. I like that because... Mm. Uh, the swack. Yeah, the swack. And, uh, you, and know, you can only type so fast on a manual because yeah. it'll lock up. So yeah. it really gives you a... It dictates your, your rhythm of your thinking. And my favorite part of the whole thing on the manual is the ding. The ding, yeah. <laughs> the end of the sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had to take a break. Bing. Puff on your cigarette. Yeah, right. Have a exactly. sip of coffee. Back in the old crack days. Crack another of, beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the old days of smoking. Cork, uncork the whiskey. Yeah, give yeah. Give yourself another splash. Yeah, yeah. Think of that. I that thought at one time that that was sentence. mandatory. If you're going to be a writer, you had to smoke and drink whiskey at the... Yeah. That only lasted about three days, thank God. I listened to all these things about writers on writing, all these... Yeah. Like a lot of writers, surprisingly to me, have written about writing. Yeah. And one of them said, uh, as a writer, we try and make a thing of beauty, but the whole time we're doing things to ourselves that are just so self-destructive. Uh -huh. Like whether it's smoking or drinking tons of yeah. coffee or drinking alcohol. Yeah. And, and they say, because you spend hours and hours and hours at this desk with mm -hmm. your typewriter, with yeah. your notepad or whatever, however you write. Yeah. And all you're doing is poisoning yourself while well, you're trying to create beautiful, beautiful yeah, writing. Yeah, right. Well, two years ago, I got a stand-up desk, or actually my partner, Patrick, got me a stand-up desk okay. from a yeah. sacristy of a church somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great. I can't yeah. believe I ever sat down all day. I know. It's supposed to, supposedly sitting down is so bad for us. Yeah, it takes yeah. years and years off your life. Yeah, but standing sure. or reclining are the way yeah, to go. Yeah, you can sort of stand on one leg and lean yeah. against it and move around. And, and you've got mm -hmm. a stool if you ever get tired of standing for 20 mm -hmm. minutes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, one of those high stools, right? Like yeah, the, uh, yeah exactly. Use. 
yeah. yeah. So that's that's been great. Stand up yeah. desk writing. Yeah. And it, we're we're not the new inventors of this. Uh, Ernest Hemingway his whole life worked at a stand up desk. Because yeah, because yeah, he had piles. Yeah, is that why? Yeah, that's what they said. He <laughs> <laughs> stand up because he couldn't sit down a lot. Yeah. But he's a bigger, heavier guy. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's why a lot of them. But, it, yeah, it's 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 hard on the body yeah. to sit so much and, and type. Yeah. and Or to write, even if you're writing longhand. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The scribes, they say, used to hold, hold their pen in yeah. a certain position. And they yep. sat on benches because what they would do instead of moving their hand across uh-huh. and their shoulder and their and, and making an arm movement, yeah. they would slide across the desk oh, as really? they wrote. Or, uh-huh. like, uh, yeah, they would slide across the desk and on mm-hmm. the and the um, yeah. on the bench. And the benches, if you can never see one, they're well worn because they would slide really? back and forth on no, the bench. No, I haven't seen one. And they would keep their body because the the way they wrote and uh-huh. whatever it was, Copperhead or whatever yep. style they wrote in with those mm-hmm. old quill pens mm. they had to keep it in a, a certain angle to the paper mm-hmm. i used to be religious about uh the idea of only you had to work in a certain part of the room and music or no music or classical mm-hmm. music or all that when i was starting out you're so afraid you're going to screw things up and mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean doesn't matter yeah starbucks i don't care i could work anywhere because if you know what you're going to write it, it wouldn't matter yeah. But sometimes we have to wind ourselves up to try and get something out. Yeah. And yeah. it just turns out we don't have anything to say at that time. Right. The only thing about working in public is if you run into somebody you know, yeah. then out of sheer courtesy you're obliged to interrupt your work and talk to them for five minutes. So that's the only downside of working in public. So what, what have you been doing? Well... Here we are, sitting on the stage at the cottage at MTC. It's an unbelievable set. We were joking about... Uh, it is unbelievable. I want this cottage. It is unbelievable. When you're done with this? Fan- Brian Percheluk, who is a genius designer, built this thing. Well, he didn't build it. He designed it. And the Invisible Crew, mm-hmm. who should be coming out after every show and taking a big bow, uh, built yeah. this fabulous cottage. And... Um, it, uh, we we're joking about renting it out on off days when the show is not running on, <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. Cottage rental on VRBO. Yeah. Yeah. And when it has an imaginary lake. <laughs> <laughs> but it, honestly, it's, wouldn't you just like to move right into this cottage? Yeah. I'd like to take this straight out to the lake. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's yeah. on a turntable. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know, I don't know where the button is that makes it rotate. But <laughs> when, okay. during the show, in the first couple of minutes, the the Karen, the stage manager, hits the button and the cause rotates and the whole audience goes crazy. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Just to see to see this extraordinary cottage completely turning around before their eyes. It's probably a, silent there's too. There's a it's, gasp in the yeah. audience. Is it pretty quiet as it turns? Yeah. Yeah, totally so it's just quiet. Like, just this mystical, yeah, magical. It begins to revolve and the yeah. audience goes crazy. It's like Michael Jackson, you know, Walking mm-hmm. backwards, famous <laughs> moment, you know. People can't believe their eyes. Yeah. So the set is fantastic. It's a big hit. Mm-hmm. And as we look around, there's the moose head on the wall. I asked Brian if, um, okay, what's going to happen to the moose head afterwards? I'd like to get my hands on it. He said the moose is going back into uh, storage. Yeah. It's not the first time he's been on stage. It won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> and up... In the backdrop, the spruce forest. Oh yeah, 
I thought it's really interesting because the way they've done it is what would you call that? The uh, the, the serrated skyline of the spruce forest is actually done backwards. In other words, they didn't create a skyline of forest. Mm-hmm. They created the effect of a skyline of forest by creating a sky. Silhouetted. Yeah, silhouetted against black. So that is really neat. And then stars yeah. come out at night. It's just an amazing set. Yeah, theater's fun. Yeah. Theater's fun. I was asking the actors about that, and I said, is it... Li- this strikes me as a little bit like high school. Yeah. They said it's like never growing. You never have to grow up yeah. when you're in theater. And it's and uh, when you take the idea of theater and an actor could walk out on stage and talk and create this in your mind. Yeah. Yet we can build the sets now too. The best the best thing I've heard big. so far about this show is that uh, people have said to me, quite a few people have said, we forgot that it's a play. Yeah. At That's a certain of, point during the play, we forget that we're watching a play. We feel like we're right there in the living room with these people, and we're really at the lake, and yeah. we're at the cottage. So It's becoming sort of like TV on stage, where it, you can build the yeah. world, literally build that world, and, yeah. and put people in front of it. So much, uh, so much of the work has to be done by the audience. Mm-hmm. They have to get into that kind of same childlike... Yeah. state of imagination like let's pr- all pretend that we're at yeah. the lake that sort of thing where TV mm-hmm. we can sit there and eat our popcorn and have everything done for us and talk to each other about it yeah and critique yeah Be cr- we're all critics yeah but and this, open your candy crunch crank yeah so nobody yeah, minds because yeah. you can just back yeah. the TV up you don't have anybody yeah. sitting behind you whacking kicking your chair yeah but here it all you know you have to participate and as I look around the set of the bamboo curtains and the you know ashtray the old yeah. I'm not yeah. even noticing it because it just looks so right you know when something yeah. just feels right you don't yeah. notice it yeah and, and until you're pointing things out and uh, yeah, I'm just realizing how much has gone into this right and the old yeah. fridge and the Coleman stove yeah. the fireplace you can just imagine oh, the fireplace is beautiful cost what it would take to build this place yeah so they were um, I was watching them as they built it over the last month or so hmm. and I had no idea that it was going to be so terrific when it was done. I mean, look at the flooring. If you ever tried to do any carpentry? These yeah. people really, really know what they're doing. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's because all on angles. And yeah. Some really fancy cuts. Yeah. Very, very well done. And the quality of the wood, too. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Clear grain fur, it looks like. It's yeah. great. It's really great. So does it change how you write? Or um, have you rewritten anything the, based I on it? I think one of the things that uh, has happened for me working on this is you take it um, you you create a script, you take the story up to a certain point, and then it's like a marathon. You hand the baton off to mm-hmm. the next team, and they take it and they go with it, and then it spreads out and it becomes more of a group effort. There's probably 50 or 60 people involved mm-hmm. in this production. Most of them I'll never even meet. Mm-hmm. We're working backstage at Wigs. Yeah. And wardrobe and makeup right. and music and sound engineers and electricians and uh, carpenters and painters and people like that. So there's literally 50 or 60 people. We all met once for about five minutes, mm-hmm. a big squad of people in a room. So you hand it off and everybody comes along. They have their specialties and they really know what they're doing. And the story goes on, and then the actors uh, sometimes have their own ideas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, generally the, the rules 
the rules, so to speak, are that the script is the script, and the actors aren't supposed to yeah. David depart. Mamet. Are not supposed to just yeah. pop in, you know, yeah. say whatever pops into their mind. They're supposed yeah. to stick to the script. Yeah. But every once in a while, an actor will blurt out a word or a phrase that all of a sudden is just genius. Yeah. And everybody likes it, and they say, we're keeping that. Yeah, because <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's the line you would have, yeah, if, if you thought like of it at the time. That's a great line, yeah. yeah. So in a way, the actor contributes with a line that the actor doesn't get credit for, but mm-hmm. it's a great line, so it stays, and it becomes part of the script. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, Corey Wojcik, for example, he uh, plays the part of Brewster, who's the drunken neighbor. Okay. And he comes over, and he's hitting on uh, the one of the ladies at the cottage and she's not having any of this mm-hmm. and uh, he puts on some loud music and tries to dance with her and everything and, <laughs> and then she stomps out and he asks her if he w- she wants to come over to his place and she stomps out and he sits there and he says I'll take that as a no yeah <laughs> and, uh, and he just came up with that himself so you've based this play on reality to a <laughs> yeah, large <yeah>. extent <laughs> so we say okay we're keeping that line yeah. Corey thank you yeah <laughs> you don't get a co-writing credit but we'll no. keep the line anyway like, yeah you keep yeah. your keep your job yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah so it's really interesting yeah. watching the actors um take a role and uh take it on put it on like an old jacket and really mm-hmm. that character starts to become a living breathing person yeah. yeah it's a kind of a magical thing to see happen and um yeah, they take it off and run with it, and the directors, and it's uh, it's a real collaborative group effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what's the premise of the the play? The synopsis. The idea is is that um, it's Labor Day weekend uh, around 1998, and uh, Mum, who's now in her 80s, comes to the cottage. Uh, the family is there. Her three kids, they're not really kids, they're in their 40s and 50s, but she treats them like kids and they act like kids when they're at the cottage. And she says to them, I'm not getting any younger and I think it's time that you guys took over. And over the course of this weekend, I want you to sort it out. How uh, are you gonna, how are you gonna co, how are you gonna share this place? How are you gonna finance it? Everything, I want you to sort it out this weekend and no arguing. Okay. So that's the comic premise because they're all, of course, going to be maneuvering. Yeah. It's sort of like Queen Lear. And Looking at tax code. and <laughs> <laughs> Right. Somebody so will do that's the premise of the story. And then there's some subplots having to do with personal lives and their own relationships with their partners and kids. Because right. they're all grown up and have their own they're lives. They're all already. grown up, yeah. yeah. And they've had their starter marriages. And um, yeah, so... Um, so it's a real hairball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. So over the course of it's really what it is it's a it's a story about uh the the tension between uh responsibility and and fun mm-hmm. um and the tension between the old generation who are all about personal duty mm-hmm. and allegiance to uh community and society and work and the younger generation who are more about uh personal fulfillment and getting away with as much as you can. Yeah. Do you find also that, uh, like say just in your life, you've had your experiences mm-hmm. and then you bring somebody else into your orbit, you know, say, you know, when even when you're like 40 or something and you just can't express to them the life experience you've had, 
and they they don't appreciate it because they don't know what it is. Yeah. But you have all these visceral memories of being there growing up, you know, yeah. long before they were probably even born. Yeah. And they just, in some ways, you just can't get on the same page. So it, it's a lot of, you have to forgive them that in a yeah. way, and they have to forgive you yeah. that they they can't get there. So it's... Yeah. I, f- I find that if I, if I understand what you're saying, I find you, you kind of... Uh, not cherry pick, but you're sort of like a magpie. You go around and you pick up little bits mm-hmm. of this and that, and somebody will say something, or you'll yeah. overhear something at a party, or something will happen, mm-hmm. and you end up with all these bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, almost like a lumber yard. With oh, I've got an old window here, and I've got a two by six here, and yeah. can I somehow build a build, little? I'm going to build your past in li- my head somehow. Yeah, yeah, and, and try yeah. and figure out who you are. Yeah, so exactly. So what I was thinking was, does the older the oldest generation yeah. has this long history with this cottage. Yes. And the younger ones don't have that. So there must yeah. be some, the way the older people look at them, they say, you just don't understand like yeah. how important this place is. Yeah. I think you know? the, the, the uh, one of the dividing lines is uh, the older generation would say, um, what have you got to contribute and the younger generation would say, "Well, what's in it for me?" That kind of th- yeah. that kind of thing. So it's all about. Or they haven't bonded enough with the cottage yeah. yet. They will over the next forty right. years. They're going to have to. They well, yeah, they're going to have to just it's by not being there. Yeah, because but the but they can't be at that eighty-year-old mindset yet. One of the um, one of the interesting things about I own a a place. I I don't like calling it a cottage for mm. some reason. I just kind of think it as my little bush retreat on the lake. Yeah, but. Um, I was remember when I started writing this play four years ago, I said to my daughter, okay, let's make a list of all the things we like about having a place at the lake and all the things we don't like. And she said, what do you mean the things we don't like? <laughs> and I thought, well, you'll find out one day because yeah. it's so expensive and so much work yeah, and so much hassle and responsibility and forethought and all that kind of stuff. And the younger kids, they'll figure that out eventually. But for them, really, it's just like, yahoo, we're going to the lake this week and we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. But they're not thinking about the pipe that froze over the winter mm-hmm. and uh, the squirrel that's up in the roof and et cetera. Yeah. The list goes on. Well, on, the things on, you're on, taking on. care of because it's just quicker yeah, for you to do it. Invisible. Yeah, so yes. I'm, I'm good for yeah. at least three hours a day yeah. of work. Really? Work, 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 physical work when I'm there every day. Three hours a day every Don't day. They call it tidying up the forest? Yeah, tidying <laughs> up the forest. Yeah, right. Sometimes I'll laugh because if people don't own a cottage, mm. they'll say, is it as much work as owning a house? Which to me is hilarious. Oh, I've owned uh, houses, quite yeah. a few houses over the years, and a house is like 5% yeah. of the uh, of the uh, caretaking. Yeah, you don't have to drive two hours to get to your house. No, to you're start. not <laughs> wrestling Mother Nature every single yeah. day. Yeah. You know? Uh, it probably is as much work, but everything is there already. Yeah. Well, you turn on the tap and you expect yeah. hot water to come out, and it yeah. does. And if it, yeah, and you don't have to <laughs> drive to find that out. <laughs> That's right. You don't have and to, you don't find have to out haul your tools. Why the hot water is not coming out of the tap? Yeah. In fact, there's not even water coming out, let alone hot water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's there's there's a lot there, and again, it feeds into that whole difference between owner, the responsibilities of owning something. And just being a tourist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Traveling versus tourism. Yeah. 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 
Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine how much those big million dollar cottages, cottage houses are on those islands. Well, I think, I think that those people probably have staff. They must. You know, yeah. they have Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob comes and yeah. takes care of things. And lives there. In this case, it's Brad. Yeah. They joke about having, they have three numbers written on the wall, fire, police, and Brad. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. Brad comes and, and fixes Brad's it. the first one you call anyway. Yeah, he lives there year <laughs> round. He takes care of everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he'll know if he needs to call the fire or the police. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's all these different archetypal characters in the play, mm-hmm. and um, it's and again, it's that conflict between the older generation and the youngers, and uh, it's a comedy, but it deals with some fairly serious issues. One of the things that um, it deals with is getting along with your family in owning a cottage. Um, mm-hmm. There have been, I talked to some financial experts, listened to some shows, some podcasts and so on, and um, one of one of the thing that the financial experts all agree on is one thing, don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you're gonna try and share a cottage with your brothers and sisters, it's probably better to just sell the place yeah. and go your separate ways because it's, mm-hmm. The potential for disaster is is there. Well, the lesson in that is that your mom and dad owned the cottage. Yeah, you didn't have your uncles and aunts and that's right, and a whole bunch of other yeah. of, of their siblings. Yeah, yeah. So it is a very archetypical yeah uh, situation. Yeah. So if you love the cottage that much, go get your own or try and take sole ownership yeah. of that cottage. I mean, even imagine, even if you were with your very best friends. Mm-hmm. After going around the clock 24 hours a day for two or three days, mm-hmm. you're ready for a change, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're ready for a change of scenery. Yeah. So, and. And the choose, cottage is supposed to be that change of you scenery. You choose, you choose That's your the thing. friends. That's supposed to be the place you go right. to relax. Yeah. Not to go and get wound up. That's right. So yeah. you choose your friends, but you don't choose your siblings. Yeah. So um, you can imagine spending a week under one roof with your brothers and sisters. And so it could be like a divorce, like when one person takes over that cottage, yeah. it's like divorcing your family Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and the other th- complicated thing that sometimes happens, I think, is uh, people do get divorced and they remarry and mm. then um, there's joint ownership of assets. And you can imagine, yeah. I've heard about situations where um, somebody comes along, marries into the family, yeah. And ends up owning the cottage that's been in the family for 90 years. Yeah. Because they just happen to come along and, and they inherit. in the divorce proceeding, they end up with the cottage oh. and their kids are there. And they're yeah. the, and the siblings who, you know, by by right of family mm-hmm. lineage, yeah. think, well, how the hell did this happen? It's like watching somebody walk away with your dog you've had yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, my dog And the now. poor cottages, eh? Like the cottage seems to take the brunt of all this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's the thing I can leave humanity out of it but I think that poor cottage yeah it's just the whole aura of it it's right. all spirituality is just so th- in this part of the country Winnipeg around Manitoba I've I've heard that we have the highest rate of cottage ownership in North America yeah um, but a lot so of those are just suburbs on the lake I think yeah Falcon Lake <clears throat> yeah um, but that's a lot of people like that. People leave that. their suburb here to go to the suburb there. Yeah, and not, not a lot of people want to walk two two miles through the woods to get to it. Not very many. A solitary what a cottage is. Right. I talked to a lady yesterday who drives to Sioux Narrows, parks her car, mm-hmm. gets in a boat, drives across a lake, parks mm-hmm. the boat, 
goes along a bush road for another distance mm-hmm. where there's another boat gets yeah. in another boat goes to the other end of the lake that's where their cottage is yeah imagine what the groceries and the, the, the clothes and the forget don't even get started well, on the lumber well you learn <laughs> what you can live without really quickly yeah yeah because it gets heavy yeah and you think well i don't need all this absolutely and i'm going up. these people aren't young either you know yeah. they're they're getting on in their years and they do that so, but uh, it's like hiking. You think, well, how am I going to get my three square meals a day? Mm-hmm. And then you realize that a bag of, of uh, peanuts and, and trail mix right. is more than enough like yeah. on a daily basis to give you yeah. the energy you need. So it's that experience, I guess, that, mm-hmm. that dictates. And if, if you find out, where did I put that hammer? We don't have a hammer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to uh, do that all in reverse. Yeah, I have to go to the hardware store in Kenora, an hour and a half away. You start looking at rocks differently. <laughs> so you really have to start really yeah. taking care of your stuff and or- yeah. well organized, and yeah. make sure your parts list is all put together. It's such an operation. I think one of the one of the characters in the play, she's the girlfriend of the oldest son. She's just not a believer. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why do we shop for hours, load yeah. the car, drive for hours, unload yeah. the car, load the boat, yeah. go across the lake in the boat, unload the boat, haul the stuff up in the cottage. Mm-hmm. Takes forever to make dinner because everything is broken and yeah. you know, rinky dink and then we clean up after dinner and then we're tired, then we get up in the morning and start all over again. Yeah. Why are we doing this every weekend? Yeah. There's mosquitoes, there's mice in the kitchen, you know, the outhouse stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't you just rather just go to Italy for two weeks and stroll around the cobblestone streets of uh, the Amalfi Coast and uh, rent a villa somewhere and uh, enjoy life. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's no answer for that. Yeah. It's kind of um, pick a place and go deep or just travel the world Mm -hmm. every summer. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's a right answer to that. I've often thought, I've often thought, why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, could you imagine when the Wolseley expedition came? Oh, yeah. Go put down Riel. And they're like, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. And they learned, and they came here and Riel, was, they already took off. Yeah. They're like, okay, nothing you win. Here it yeah. is. Have the, and they're like, so it seems like such an empty experience on that front. Yeah. But in the end, they said his whole team learned bushcraft. Yeah. They learned survival techniques. Yeah. They learned how to make not something out of nothing. Yep, incredibly and, tough people and hacking it, their way through the bush. Yeah, and he kept that group as as much as he could together whenever yeah. he was sent to Africa or different places. Yeah. They call it the Wolseley Ring. Is that like, right? Yeah, and that was his lifelong, like he had these lifelong oh, com- I'll compatriots have to read about that. who, you know, when the Queen says, okay, go solve Africa, mm-hmm. you know, he went mm-hmm. there and he handpicked his team, mm-hmm. and most of them were from this expedition, mm-hmm. as many as he could get. Wow, I didn't know about that. I'll have to read yeah. about that. And the ones that did come back or stayed became uh-huh. community leaders. Yeah. 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 So well, that's it, really interesting. That was Wolseley. And, yeah. um, so and he would have had was, a cabin. I mean, if he stayed yeah. here, he probably would have had a cabin and, yeah. and got along very well. Yeah. And yeah, their yeah. people are incredibly uh, inventive. I don't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. Just well, I think it's just stripping away your mind and saying, I, you know, let's get rid of things we don't really need. Yeah. A house allows you to have a lot of needs. Yeah. Whereas a cabin says, yeah. okay, let's see what your mind needs or just yeah. the simple We things. don't have to, but whether we're getting a good Bluetooth connection yeah. between our speaker and our MacBook. Yeah, you start leaving your stuff at home because it's just no point yeah. in having it there. Yeah. And you start enjoying your life again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. So I want to talk to you again sometime yeah. about your experience. Okay. And kind of like how your your childhood cabin experience with your with your father building one. Yeah. How that all. Yeah. Like that well, must have been the germ of this this play to some I, extent too, right? Yeah. My father built a cottage himself, which I never really thought was a big deal because I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. But now, I spent the last ten years building my place. Well. I build about 30% of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't put the roof up, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Guys I know who are real pros do that. Mm -hmm. But the interior finishing work and all that is very, very time consuming and tremendous respect for people who actually can build stuff with their hands and can do it properly and know how to do it. And stuff they don't teach you in university, mm -hmm. important things. Yeah. And uh, so that whole discipline I'm in awe of. and. Uh, somebody who can make a living out there in the bush and uh, and do those kinds of things. Yeah, tremendous respect for those people. And people who write plays about it. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Thank you, Jake, wherever you may be, wherever you're listening from. The great podcatcher in the sky up there somewhere, floating around with Elon's satellites. We can't see the stars anymore because Elon thinks that we need to be connected. And I guess you are connected to hear this. But if you're not connected, you don't need to be hearing this. We don't need to be hearing everything all the time. It's driving us mad. We need a big suborbital bulldozer. Clean up all that space junk and all that stuff that gets in the way of our night sky. Oh, don't say that. That's getting in the way of progress. Well, sorry, but progress is over. Once oil goes away, we are back to the cottage. We are back to the way of the old timers. You know, you couldn't always take an airplane or a car or a train from Toronto to Winnipeg. There was a day when there was an ox cart trail. Believe me, kids. You want to complain? <laughs> you want to complain about black flies on your, on your week-long canoe trip? Um, that's just, you'd smell too good. That's, that's what progress has done. You're used to taking baths and putting pretty smelling things on you. And it makes it a lot easier for the black flies to zone in. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, what do you call it? Olfactory target. And they're just like, oh, look at that. And, uh, your blood smells real pretty through, through clean, sparkly skin. <laughs> okay. That's all I got to say to that. So do what people used to do in the old days and uh, avoid the bathtub for a while. Find some nice little mud cake on your skin. And that's what keeps them flies away. But we live in today's world. Oh dear. Okay, so the cottage is just where you go to slow down. Okay, people? And um, yeah, if somebody says, hey, come to my cottage, but it's a suburb, poof, think twice. Think twice. You want the cottage owner who is way out there, way out on their own little lake, living quiet, doing some fishing, just doing some hanging out, some calm, soul searching. Hopefully there's no uh, data available for your phone. <laughs> That's the best way. Anyway, so having said that, I hope I didn't run you out of your data because that would be terrible. Just terrible. And... That's it for today's show. 
It's a low power show. This is what summer sun does to us. It makes us, uh, I don't know. What does it make? It makes you a little dehydrated. Slows you down a bit. You got to keep hydrated. That's for sure. Have a little water, a little water. Here's water. And that'll keep you going all the way to fall. So get out there in your garden, get out there on your bicycle or your walking path, call up some friends, go for a hike. Hopefully we can turn a bunch of these roads and strip malls and uh, freeways back into walking paths. Wouldn't that be great when you could just go for a walk instead of having to dodge, you know, Oh, 2,000 pound barreling traffic items driven by people who may or may not be paying attention at any given time. That's that's the world we got. And we just got to squeeze out the cars, squeeze them out, squeeze them out, get back on foot, slower down. Anyway, I hope you have a cottage and I hope you enjoyed the interview and I hope you enjoyed the show. Search for Manitobaville wherever you may go. And that's it for today. This is Mahangel signing off for the Manitobaville podcast. And just a quick little reminder that we are copywritten 2022 by Rodeo Road Studios. Mm-hmm.